Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And oh my God, are we here with a very, very special guest. I have been grinding to get this guy on the podcast. I've been pumping his tires like crazy on every episode, pretty much. He was the 11th overall pick in the 2018 MLB draft. He's the number two ranked prospect for the Baltimore Orioles and the number 39 ranked prospect in all of baseball. He was in the Futures game last year. Is that good? You tell me. It is my pleasure to welcome future ace of the Baltimore Orioles, Grayson Rodriguez. What is up, Grayson? Nothing much. What's going on? Thank you for having me on. Thank you for doing this, man. Like I said, I don't know if you've heard it, but we've been stroking. You're just pumping your tires on these episodes. We've had Sam Huff on. Yeah, no problem. Hey, if it wasn't for Sam Huff, I wouldn't have been in the Futures game. Oh, were you the pitcher that, that – um? That said to him, thank you for hitting that home run so I can get some innings in. Was that you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, without, uh, without him hitting that home run, there wouldn't have been extra innings. So. Damn, okay. So, that's, I mean, he, I don't think he said the name. So, I mean, so that's electric. So, you were the guy that got reps in because Sam Huff launched the baseball into orbit. So, let's go right that's into right. the Futures game. Let's go right into the Futures game, man. I mean, where were you when you got the call? And what was, what was running through your head when you are like, damn, man, I'm going to be pitching in pretty much the MLB All-Star game? Yeah, so uh, we were we were at home uh, in Salisbury, Maryland. We were playing there in Delmarva, and a manager called me into his office and you know told me the news. And you know I'd immediately called my parents, and I mean it was it was just an exciting thing because uh, you know it being my first year of pro ball, you know I really wasn't expecting that, and um, you know I mean it was just a, it was just an honor. You know I was super pumped about it. Oh, and like I said, I was watching this game last year, and we had Nate on, obviously. And I was like, Nate, you, just guys that kind of stood out on the bump, just absolute flamethrowers. And I believe you've hit 100 before, so let's talk about that, right? You've hit 100, obviously, before I ask this question. Uh, I've been close. I've been close. 99 is the highest I've gotten. Okay, so, so we'll say this. What was running through your head the first time you threw 90 miles an hour? Where were you? Did you know you hit over 90 miles an hour? And how electric is that feeling? Because like I said, I've never hit over 75. Um, you know, it was really fun. I was probably, I think, a freshman in high school. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, I, you know, honestly, the mechanics weren't there, but uh, definitely the arm was. And so, I mean, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun to be, you know, just that kind of extra step ahead. What a slam dunk on me. Me being a 23-year-old, never hit over 75, went to JUCO, and this guy over here from Texas hits over 90 when he's a freshman in high school. Was that when you kind of knew, like, I'm a dog at baseball and I have a potential here to get drafted and kind of go far in this game? Uh, you know, I really wasn't thinking uh, pro ball yet. You know, I was really thinking college at that point and, um, you know, just trying to figure out how to get school paid for. And, uh, you know, baseball is a great way to do that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, professionally, it wasn't really going through my head yet. So, oh my God. I mean, I, if I was, if I was your age, if I was like, like I said, a freshman in high school throwing 90, I would be the cockiest kid in the school. So, what was that like for you to throw 90 as a freshman and just have these seniors who are probably hitting like 84, 85 looking at you like this kid's a freak in nature? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, uh, we won, we won a lot of games. You know, I went, I went to a very, uh, very good baseball oriented high school and um, you know we won state my junior year and you know all four years you know we won uh, we won a ton of games and um, you know I mean we had we had some guys on that team and so I wasn't the only great pitcher that was there but uh, yeah I mean it was definitely it was definitely a fun experience 
What are some guys that went to your school, like big leaguers or just guys that are dogs now? Uh, no, you know, we've actually, we had never had any big leaguers. Um, we've had guys get drafted into pro ball in the years past and stuff like that. But, uh, but, but no big leaguers to this date. Um, and, you know, just, just a lot of college baseball players, uh, come out of there. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a good school. Um, you know, we're kind of in Texas, uh, the biggest school is 6A and, and we're 3A. So we're kind of there in the middle and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of on the smaller school side, but, but, uh, yeah, for being a small school, we've had a lot of guys go to college and pro ball. Okay, so are you kind of looked upon as like a, the goat there, like God? Like when, when you were in the Futures game last year, were they just playing it on in the gymnasium in front of all the students? Grayson Rodriguez is in this game right now. Like, are you a legend at your high school? Um, you know that I don't know. Um, you know, I I would like to think so, but uh, you know, I mean, it's there's like I said, you know, there's a lot of great baseball players to go through there, and uh, you know, hope hopefully I end up being the the legend but uh you know that's still a work in progress but let, let's go into last year man i mean I'll, I'll bring up your stats here for the stat nerds 10 and 4 with a 268 era is that good i don't know some may say that's good what was going right for you last year man because that those stats are pretty much like putting up all the sliders and mlb the show for rookie mode and just obviously carving up the computer so what was your year like last year for you um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I think a big part of that is how good our team was. Um, you know, we ended up winning 90 games uh, as a minor league team, and, you know, that hadn't been done in a long time. But I think, you know, just being in a winning atmosphere um, really helps a lot. You know, having a great defense. You know, we had some really good catchers. Uh, you know, uh, Adley Rutschman joined us there at the end of the year. And, you know, I mean, I think I think it's just the environment that you're in. Uh, it just helps you excel. You know, all of our pitchers uh, were having good years. We're throwing great. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I feel like a lot of it came down to my teammates. Yeah. And, and out of high school, I forgot to bring this up. You were coming to Texas A&M, which is un, an unreal baseball school. I mean, just the school that you kind of dream about growing up. Where, was that the school you were kind of set on? Or being, because you're from Texas, was, were you looking at maybe the Longhorns? maybe A&M or, or not A&M, Texas Tech, or was A&M the school to be at? No, I was, I was definitely born in Aggie. Uh, that's where my mom went to school, my aunts, uncles, you know, all my cousins went to school there. So, um, you know, definitely I grew up hating the University of Texas, you know, <laughs> horns, horns down. But, uh, you know, Texas A&M was my dream school, you know. And, I mean, it really it – was, it was a tough decision uh, to, to choose pro ball over that. And, um, you know, just – just the traditions that go on there and the baseball programs. I mean, the park that's there, uh, Bluebell. I mean, it's. I mean, it's the closest thing to a big league stadium that you're going to get. And uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's a great experience. You know, I got a lot of friends there. You know, the coaches are, are amazing there. And um, you know, I mean, it's just a great program. And uh, you know, I was definitely sad to uh, you know not be attending school there. How mad or sad do you think the coaches were when they're watching the draft and they're kind of praying, like, please have Grayson Rodriguez fall down the draft because we need this guy at our school. And then they see Grayson Rodriguez going 11th overall. Do you think they're like, ah, oh, all right, I guess we're not getting this guy. Like, do you think the coaches are just pretty much saying when they're recruiting you and they know you're going to go top 20, like, I guess we're going to offer this guy a scholarship, but he's going to go to the show, so. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's that's a great school. Um, and, you know, they got a lot of dudes there. So, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it kind of hurt them a little bit, but really, really not much. You know, it's just, you know, they've got a lot of guys that get drafted every year that don't go to school there. And, uh, 
you know, it's, it's expected from a program like that, you know? Um, I mean, you know, they just, they've got the highest standards and, you know, I'm sure it didn't hurt them too much. And you just hate to see it. I mean, your team last year had 90 wins and they have a guy by the name of Adam Hall, my boy, who had 138 hits last year. He was a committed Texas A&M. So they took a massive hit that draft year with Halsey and you not being able to go to that school, man. So do you and Halsey kind of talk about that? Like what could have been at Texas A&M with you two playing college baseball in the SEC? Oh yeah. Yeah. We joke about it all the time. You know, uh, you know, I gave him a hard time cause, cause Halsey, you know, he's from Canada and, uh, you know, A&M is such a, just a Texas, you know, kind of a, kind of a redneck type school. And, uh, you know, so I always joking with that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even, he doesn't even own a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> and so, you know, I always give him, you know, I always give him a hard time about that. And, uh, you know, we just have a lot of fun. And you, and you mentioning redneck, man, I creeped your Instagram hand up to me. I've creeped it a couple of times to kind of keep in the loop, do my research. You're a big hunting guy. So on a scale of one to 10, how Texas would you say you are? Like, are you just blasting country music in a pickup truck? hunting deer during deer season, maybe throwing in the odd lip. I, I do it. Is that what, are, are you that Texas? Um, you know, I'd probably give myself probably a seven, you know, I mean, I don't dip. Um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, that I, I guess you would say all rednecks do, but you know, I just, I don't do that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely ride around in a big truck and uh Blair country music. So that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And, you know, hunting, I just like being outside and doing whatever. And, and who's your top five, like country artists right now? Because obviously Morgan Wallen is just an electric factory. I mean, this guy is just taking the world by storm. Is he even in your top five or are you like old school country kind of guy? I'm definitely an old school kind of guy, you know, um, I'd say probably kind of country rock or, you know, just, just old school country, you know, George Strait. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of Jason Aldean, Brantley Gilbert, um, you know, type, type of stuff like that. And, um, you know, like old, like the beginning of Luke Bryan, you know, not necessarily his new stuff, yeah. but, uh, but definitely his old stuff and, uh, you know, country music artists like that. So. And what are country Eric concerts? Church. Oh, Eric Church. He's actually, yeah, he's that's real. another one. He's unreal. What, what would you say country like describe what country concerts are like in Texas? Because in Canada, I guess, especially where I'm from, I'm from obviously the city kind of like, so when country concerts come here, that's when everyone kind of pulls out the jorts, the plaid t-shirts that are cut off. Everyone decides all of a sudden they can dip now. What are country concerts like in Texas? Like give, like play the scene out because I will, I need to go to a country concert in Texas. I don't know. Uh, you know, in my hometown, they have a big one every year. Um, you know, it's in the, uh, it's actually in the middle of a roping arena. So you're actually down, uh, down on the, down on the, uh, the dirt. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of fun, you know, there's a, you know, I guess you could say just a sea of cowboy hats. Um, you know, that's one thing, uh, you know, just, just lots of boots, lots of good Texas country boots. How many, how many cowboy hats do you have? Like do you have over five? No, I think right now I only have about one or two, you know, okay. and I, you know, I really, I really don't wear a cowboy hat that much. You know, it doesn't really, doesn't really fit me. So, uh, you know, I'm more of a baseball hat kind of guy, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I've got about, we got two cowboy hats actually. I would be, and just picturing a scenario here because I would be scared shitless if I saw you who's uncomfortably tall walking through a bar with a cowboy hat. You're yoked. I cowboy boots. I would be scared shitless. And when you're, when you're rocking the cowboy hat and the cowboy boots, do you kind of feel like 
this is the most manliest thing on the planet because it looks like it to me. It looks like it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't really go out in a cowboy hat much, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a good look. So it's a great look. It honestly is the most intimidating look of all time. And I wanted to go into the draft day here for you, kind of get back into baseball. You get drafted 11th overall. I mean, top 15 picks in the draft, a little bit of chunk of change in the bank account. What was running through your head on draft day? Did you know you were going to go that high in the draft or was it like, were you, did you go earlier than expected? Uh, no, I went a lot earlier than expected. Um, you know, I was kind of, we were kind of looking at probably in the twenties, uh, you know, there at the end of the first round and, uh, being, being selected 11th, you know, that was definitely a surprise. And, um, you know, I mean, it was just kind of floating around that, that the Orioles might take me, uh, with my agent, but, uh, you know, he, and he actually didn't call. We were, uh, we saw it on TV and, and, you know, reacted just about how everybody else did. But, uh, you know, he had said that, that there were rumors that they were going around and that they had might, they might pick me and, you know, he didn't want to call and, and tell me that, you know, and then obviously then pick somebody else and then that just ruined your night. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of, he kept it low, uh, just in case they didn't select me. And so that was a lot of fun. You know, actually, I think it was better that way um, because, you know, we were sitting there watching TV and uh, actually when the Orioles clock selected, my mom was like, well, I guess they're not the ones picking you. And I, and I turned to her and I remember saying, well, well, how do you know that? And uh, she said, well, well, JD would have called by now. And I said, well, you never know. And then the next thing, you know, I, uh, Rob Manfred had called my name out on stage. And, and, you know, I mean, it was just a, it was just a crazy experience. So you found out as like the fans found out pretty much. You had no literal idea the Orioles were taking you. So maybe your agent did that to kind of surprise you, which is kind of cool, man. I mean, I respect the hell out of that because I feel like obviously it's cool hearing your name get called on TV, but you get the call before the draft, like they actually draft you. So it kind of ruins the moment. So hearing that name getting called on TV, man, I mean, that was just electric. And did you have a massive draft party? Um, you know, I had a few friends and family over, but, but nothing too big. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there was a bad storm actually right as the draft was starting and we lost power. And so we couldn't see it on TV. And so we were kind of freaking out there at, at, uh, at the beginning and we had to get it on our phones. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, about the, the fifth or the sixth selection, you know, the, the power had come back on and we were able to get the TV cranked up. So. Yeah, and I, I always bring this up about baseball. Do you think it would be cooler if the MLB draft was kind of done like, I guess, the NFL draft or the NHL draft where you're actually attending the draft and you get your name called, you walk down the stairs and you're on stage in front of everyone on TV, everyone in the crowd, and you're holding up that jersey? Do you think baseball, it would have been, it, it would be cooler if they did that in Major League Baseball compared to just kind of being on your couch? Yeah, you know, I definitely think that would kind of spice up the, the MLB draft because, you know, I mean, it's done in Studio 42 and it's mainly televised. You know, I mean, there's only a handful of guys that are there. Um, but, but you know, the the baseball draft, the way it's different from the others is, you know, it's, it's a little bit uh, – it's a little bit crazier, you know, and yeah. it, it's harder to – it's harder to determine who's going where, you know, before the actual draft because, you know, one pick could offset a chain reaction and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff starts happening and – uh I mean, I think it's I think it's a little less appealing to the fans, but but yeah, I mean, I know I know they could definitely uh, you know get some get some more ratings out of that if they were to do something like that. And here's a question for you because I you're a young guy growing up through the system, going to be in the show soon. What's one thing that you would change about the game of baseball, marketing wise, or even how the game is played wise, to make it more fun and appeal more to the younger audience? 
Um, you know, just just I would say to have the baseball games more uh, more accessible to fans. You know, um, you know, I know like on uh, the MLB at bat app, you know, there's blackout restrictions. Yeah, and uh, that that's for the team that's closest to you. And uh, you know, most people buy it for to watch their favorite team, and uh, you know, they aren't able to do that because of those restrictions. And um, you know, I just just seeing the game on TV more. Um, you know, maybe to have maybe to have some more some some stat cast presentations or something something along those lines. You know, uh, just the newer the newer analytical side of baseball. Um, you know, being being more easily accessible to fans. And I have a rule that I think would just make the game electric. I brought this up in earlier episodes. I don't know if I thought of this or I heard this somewhere. But anyways, it's a rule where every player gets to fight one fan or umpire every single year just to kind of get at the fans, jawing on them, at the, or the umpire screwing them over. So what happens is, right, so let's say Angel Hernandez is squeezing Grayson Rodriguez, okay? Grayson Rodriguez is carving, and Angel Hernandez is squeezing him. And Grace Rodriguez points him and says, "That I'm going to use this. This is my one get-out-of-jail-free get, get card, and I will fight Angel Hernandez in center field, get the fans going. That's my one thing, okay, which is obviously an incredible idea. Or two, you, just, you guys kind of incorporate smelling salts before games. You're just ripping smelling salts, and Grayson Rodriguez, his blood's flowing. He runs to the mound and throws 100. So what do you think about those two ideas? Maybe the smelling salts one is a little bit more appropriate? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that one's probably a little bit uh, a lower lower key, but uh, you know the, the fighting thing would that that's definitely a, a WWE type of baseball game. Uh, but but yeah, I mean you know just just whatever gets the people going, you know. Exactly, man, and and guys like you, guys like Nate, that throw absolute gas. That's what gets the people going, man. I mean, it's incredible to kind of see if you look back at it, even your year last year. Have you got the opportunity to kind of look back and be like? I just did that in my first year of pro ball. Like I just absolutely carved. Um, you know, really, I, we haven't looked at the stats much uh, because you know it's, it's minor league baseball. Um, yeah. It was definitely a ball. Uh, it was a lot lower level, and um, you know, definitely a lot of film, a lot of footage uh, from last year. You know, has been looked at, uh, especially this year and and whatnot, uh, because definitely, you know, everything uh, mechanic mechanically wise, you know, it was all it was all uh, in tune. But, you know, just the stats wise, you know, I don't really pay much attention to stats. And, um, but I mean, you know, it was, it was definitely a great year for me. It was a big confidence booster, but, you know, I'm ready to move forward. And what was your, what was your best appearance last year? Like an appearance where every single pitch is working, your fastballs just absolutely lighting up the radar gun. The fans are just like, this guy's the next Cy Young. What's your best appearance? So, like last year. Um, I think it was one of my last home starts. Uh, we were playing Canapolis, the Intimidators, which is the White Sox affiliate. And we were at home. Uh, you know, it was almost sold out. And uh, I think it was, a, it was a Friday or a Saturday night. I can't remember. But uh, that was definitely that was definitely uh, the, the most fun I had last year. I think we got up, got up to 99 five or six times. Uh, I, had <laughs> 10 punch outs. I had 10 punch outs that game, and I think about five innings. And uh, – you know, towards the end of the year, our inning limits were getting down, uh, and we were going to make the postseason. So, we definitely we had some uh, we had some inning restrictions there at the end. And uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely that was that was probably my most memorable start. And did they do that um, promotion at the Del Marva games where if the pitcher gets over seven strikeouts, everyone gets like a dollar beer or stuff like that? Um, we actually had we had a Papa John's K batter and. Uh, <laughs> 
that was that was one so you know if you strike this one hitter out uh you know you get free pizza and so the very last strikeout that i had was the papa john's k batter for the first time and uh you know i could hear people yelling in the stands come on we want pizza you know stuff <laughs> like that like you know it, it was funny like i just remember hearing some of those comments but yeah i mean for the for the 10 strikeout that game we were able to get the top of the john's k man and uh since some, some, some fans home happy that is minor league baseball right there, ladies and gents. I mean, that is incredible. Imagine being that hitter. Like, you're the hitter. You're looking up at the board. You're like, oh, I'm the Papa John's K guy. Like, if I strike out, everyone gets free pizza. So, either way, they're going to hate me here. Or they're going to love me, pretty much. So, Yeah, oh. it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in because you've got, you know, 8,000 fans rooting for one person to strike you out. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, you know, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, that's about as minor league as it gets. I love the minors, man. I really do. Like, and how do they, how do they set that though? Like, do they give it to their best hitter or their worst hitter? Like what's the analytics behind this? I don't know. Uh, you know, when we've gone to other, uh, other teams, uh, stadiums and stuff, you know, it's been, it's been the leadoff hitter. It's been the third hitter, the fourth hitter. And then, you know, you go to some places and it's the eighth or ninth hitter where it's a little <laughs> bit more realistic, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how they determine that. So. And how, and um, what's some other funny promotions you've you've heard in minor leagues, man? I mean, obviously you've only been in there for a year, but there has to be a couple funny ones where you're like, "This is incredible." Um, you know, really, uh, one when we were in uh, Greensboro, uh, I think it's North Carolina. We uh, they they have a a biscuit promotion or something. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like uh you get a bunch of free biscuits or something like that. And that was kind of the head scratcher was uh really you're coming to a baseball game to get free biscuits. Um you know, and that was probably one of the funnier ones, but but there was definitely there's definitely a lot. Um there was a lot uh that you know really I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it just – I want to see, man, the way they market in the minor leagues is the way I wish they would market in Major League Baseball. Like, could you imagine a game, like an Orioles game, there's obviously, like, thousands and thousands of people at the game, and if Nelson Cruz – I don't know why I even thought of that name. Nelson Cruz strikes out, the whole fans get a free slice of pizza. Like, how electric would that be? I mean, that would just – hire me for marketing for the Baltimore Orioles. That would just be incredible, man. I mean, they need to incorporate that in Major League Baseball. And speaking about the fans – I always ask this, what's the funniest thing a fan in the minor leagues has ever said to you where they're a little bit intoxicated and they want to come out, Grayson Rodriguez, kind of get in your kitchen a little bit? I don't know. Um, I don't know. There, there were about four or five things that were said to me last year that I just thought was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of them you don't expect, like – and some of them come from kids. So it's not just, it's not just grownups yeah. and, and it could be your, it could be your own fans, kids, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if you don't throw them a ball or something, the kids can get mean. They can get, uh, you know, they can get, they can get real mean real quick. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There was a couple, there was a couple, there was a couple that were definitely pretty funny. And, uh, I think like one kid one time didn't get a ball tossed to him and, you know, he, for, for a second there, he was, he, you thought he was your best friend. And, uh, when he didn't get the ball, I remember walking off and he goes, Oh, you'll never make the major leagues and stuff. Damn. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's funny. It's, it, you know, it's just a good time, you know, and, and you, you remember being a kid too. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. But, it is. Uh, it is yeah. 
and that team last year for you guys, like you said, was just an electric factor. I mean, you had Adley, you had Adam Hall. I believe Caden Grenier was there too also, right? Caden Grenier was there with you guys. So talk yeah, about when yeah. things are going well in the minor leagues like that. Because most of the time in the minor leagues, you're kind of – you're not. You're kind of playing for yourself, right? You're trying to move up. You're not really worried about wins and losses. But when things are going that well for a team, how close does that make the team? And how incredible is that to just 90 wins in, the, in, in a minor league season? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Uh, minor league seasons are definitely tough. They can get long and they can get hard. And, you know, a lot of people there at the end uh, in August or, or whenever, you know, they're ready to go home. They're ready for the season to be over. But you know, I think when you're winning games like that, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun to show up to the ballpark every day. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it really it can get long, you know, and boring. And, you know, guys are in slumps and, you know, they've, they've got they've got tempers in the locker room, you know, and you can get into some stuff like that. But, uh, you know, definitely when everybody's playing well, it's a lot of fun. You know, each game's just going by fast. It's flying by, you know, and you're really not dreading the end of the season getting there you know I mean it kind of comes up quicker than it would if you were losing games and uh, it's a lot of fun it's just it's just a lot easier to play and I mentioned Adley Rutschman and I kind of tweeted something that we'll say did pretty well on Twitter he was shooting a shot with a, a girl that was on the bachelorette did you happen to see this yeah no I saw it Adley's Adley's one of my best friends and we, we definitely talked about it I, I mean, Adley Rutschman, I've heard stories about this guy because I've had buddies I've played with him on Team USA. I heard he's just an electric factory. Is this true? He's just hilarious? Yeah, no, he's definitely a joy, joy to be around. You know, I mean, he, he's got some jokes. So uh, he keeps it keeps a loose atmosphere, you know, and just an easygoing guy. And Orioles fans have something to be happy about because the fact that you two are best friends in A-ball right now and are going to move up through the system together – that is going to be scary. And as a guy that's a Jays fan, I'm scared shitless of you and Adley moving up in the system and even Halsey. And I want to talk about Halsey because him and I have a little bit of a golf match going up on Thursday. Me versus Halsey. I don't, I don't know if his golf game's that good. We'll see. But what was it like last year to play with Halsey? Because this kid is sneaky good at baseball. I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, this guy's a freak. He's just like 5'10", five, five, we'll give him. And he just mashes baseballs, and he runs like a 6'4", 60-yard dash. So what was it like last year playing with Halsey? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. You know, uh, he let off a lot of games for us. And, you know, I mean, he hit over 300. Um, and to see how fast he was, you know, I mean, he was he was definitely a guy that we always joked around about. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter who's throwing, he's hitting them. He's going to knock them around. And, uh you know, definitely seeing that, you know, it was it was really crazy because for him to struggle, it was it was a rarity last year. And, uh, you know, I mean, if, if he's not hitting a double, he's on first base and he's going to swipe the first pitch. And so it might as well him hitting a double. And uh, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, because like you said, he's sneaky. And, uh, you know, you definitely by looking at him, you're like, OK, well, he's going to lay down a bond or he's going to do something. And next thing you know, he's banging one over the fence and you're like, well, crap, scored one, nothing. So, uh, I mean, he was, he was a lot of fun to watch, you know, a lot of fun to watch. And what's the pitch sequence that pitch sequence that Grayson Rodriguez is throwing to Adam Hall when Adam Hall's in the box? What are you giving him? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a fastball up, just praying that he pops it up. Cause if he puts <laughs> it on the ground, he's going to be to that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, man. And he's kind of a little bit of a, I guess like a, like a competitor too, isn't he? He's kind of a guy who opponents hate to face because he's just a bulldog on the field, right? Like he'll swipe second. He'll just, he'll battle every at bat. 
Have you seen games where Halsey is like, this guy cannot miss a baseball right now in the batter's box? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there was there was a stretch there where, where he, he wasn't getting out. And, uh, you know, we were all laughing in the dugout. We were like, okay, you know, this has got to stop at some point. And, uh, you know, it didn't. And, uh, you know, he kept – he kept, uh, you know, swinging it pretty hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, and we had a lot of fun messing with him and stuff like that. I don't, he's just a good guy overall. Like, he's a guy that you kind of want to see succeed in the game of baseball because, like, he's a down-to-earth good guy. And I know I'm pumping his tires like I always do. But he's just a good guy, man. And I'm excited to see you, him, and Adley just kind of move up in the system and just dominate the Toronto Blue Jays, hopefully not too much, in the future, man. And, Speaking about the Blue Jays, I mean, looking at that young core that they have, can you guys kind of compare yourselves to that just based off of your farm system, man? I mean, you got you who you can compare to with Nate Pearson. I mean, Halsey, Caden Grenier, who you can compare to Bo Bichette, Vladdy kind of guys that just mash. And then Adley Rushman behind the dish deck. So maybe my smart brain here just came up with something. Can you guys compare your young core to the Toronto Blue Jays a little bit? Yeah, uh, in a way we can. You know, here in a couple of years, uh, the Orioles are going to be a really young team. We're going to be new. And, uh, you know, what, what the Blue Jays are doing right now, and, you know, they're starting to figure it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we're there and, and we're going to be able to compete with them. Yeah, man, I, I it's going to be unbelievable because I can't wait to see this. We're going to deem it right here as the officially unofficial cup you versus Nate on the bump. Whenever you guys go up against each other, I will be at the game, wherever it is. I will bring a select trophy. And one of you guys, whoever comes out with a W will win. I'm not going to play any favorites. I'm just excited to see it, man. And growing up, what kind of team were you a fan of, though? Um, you know, it was kind of half and half between the Astros and the Rangers. Uh, me being from Texas, uh, you know, my hometown's about two hours north of Houston and about three hours south of Dallas. And, uh, you know, my my early age, my early baseball years, I was definitely a uh, an Astros fan with Biggio and Bagwell and, and Berkman and, and there Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit. You know those those old Astros. And uh, you know, once I once I started, once I was about ten or eleven years old, uh, I transitioned over into uh, into a Rangers fan. That was when Josh Hamilton. You know, was, he was younger, and uh, you know, he was really bursting onto the scene and. You know, that, that was my favorite player growing up. And, uh, you know, following that Rangers team in 2010, 2011, uh, I believe it was, uh, when they had gone back-to-back World Series. You know, that was, yeah. that was a lot of fun to watch. For sure, man. I mean, even being from Texas, you kind of, you kind of get the – you kind of get lucky. I mean, you have two teams that were nasty as you were a kid growing up. You had the Rangers and the Astros. So who was your kind of favorite player growing up? You meant favorite pitcher growing up or a guy that you kind of model your game after? It'd be cool if he said Nolan Ryan. I'll be honest. It'd fire me up. Um, you know, I'd probably say uh, some of the Rangers pitchers. Um, you know, Cliff Lee ended up ending his career, uh, or towards the end of his career, he was with the Rangers. And, uh, you know, that was a guy that I really looked up to, which, of course, he was left-handed and I'm right-handed. But, uh, you know, being able to see him play. And, uh, you know, Roy Oswalt with the Astros at an early age, um, Andy Pettit, you know, some of those guys. Um, they were just a lot of fun to watch, you know, that, uh, you know, when I was watching them, they were towards the end of their careers and, uh, but still being able to see them and see what they could do, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I mean, Roy Oswald's a freak in nature. So that's a good guy to model your game after. And, and there's something that's cool that I totally forgot to bring up about you. 
you kind of had a Twitter video that went viral city, as we call it. I mean, 470,000 views. Is that good? It's a video of you being a good old Texas boy, as we call it, throwing long toss over the river. I, I don't even know if it's a river. Lake, I don't know what you guys call it. But what went into your head when you're taking this video and did deep down you were like, this is going to go viral and break the internet? Yeah, so uh, it, it was a day. Um, you know, it was a long toss day uh, in my throwing program. It was right after we had gotten sent home from spring training uh, from COVID. But, uh, you know, I was definitely like, you know, I wonder if I can throw it over our pond, which is it's, it's a it's a small body of water, uh, what we call in Texas. But uh, I mean, it's it definitely it's definitely not small. It's, it's, it's pretty big to throw a baseball over. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I kind of I woke up that day and I was like, well, you know, what? it'd kind of be funny to do this it's just to see if I could do it. And uh, so. I ended up, you know, playing catch and whatnot, warming up, and then we went out there. And, uh, you know, my dad took his, his, his uh, golfing range finder down there and, and throw was 100, forget what it was. It was like 125 yards-ish, which ends up being about 370, 375 Gee, feet. Oh, my God. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was – and so uh, there wasn't much wind that day. There was no wind, and uh, and it was all arm. And uh, – but yeah, I mean, just being able to do that, it was a lot of fun. Uh, only it took about four or five tries because um, I wanted to be able to throw the baseball and have it still be in the frame because it was kind of fading off a little bit. And uh, you know, one ball, one ball did get wet. We were short one time, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it only took us it only took us a couple tries to get it. So. And it's it's an incredible video. I'm I'm going to tweet it from the account. I mean, it's just you just. You just love to see that kind of thing. And that's just the definition of I'm going to be a big leaguer, just long tossing 300, you said 70 feet. And how, and did your social media kind of blow up after that? Like, did you have to turn off your notifications on your phone? Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of fun. I think I got some followers out of it. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there were a lot of baseball pages posted it and stuff like that. And that was, that was cool to see, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just something different. You know, I've never seen that done. So, I, I you know, I kind of thought out, well, you know, nobody's ever done this. I wonder if I could be the first. So, Yeah, no, it's, it, it's an incredible video, man. I mean, I, I was watching. I was like, this guy is a freak of nature. It was like a, what I could have, what I could compare that to, because I believe in my head, I just, I was like, this is equivalent to what Trevor Bauer did off the mound, throwing the ball over center field. Like, that's what I kind of, that's what kind of came to my head there, man. And it was electric to see. And I wanted to talk about your kind of major league debut because obviously this year you kind of got cut short. You didn't even have a minor league season, which is kind of tough, obviously, for all the minor league players. What is running through your head? Like, have you kind of planned that scenario when you get the call to the big leagues in your head? Like, what's going to be your emotions and all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, not really. Um, you know, I don't really think about that too much. Obviously, that's the goal. Uh, but, but, you know, I'm kind of more focused on the task at hand and, and you know, that that's all out of my control. And uh, when that time comes, you know, I mean, I'll obviously be pumped up and stoked and, you know, I'll call my friends and family. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, right now, right now, you know, I've just been kind of focused on getting my work done and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I say this to all our prospects. So when you get the call, you find out you get the call. I'm asking for one thing from you. Either you just text me the eye emojis. So I'm like, all right, Grayson's getting the call to the show. Or the Drake gif of Drake saying, let's go on the Raptors sideline. Those are the two things I'm asking. So can you promise that when you get the call to the big leagues, I either get the eye emojis or the Drake let's go gif, just so I can kind of get pre-pumped up for it? 
Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll send that to you. That's, I mean, like I said, that's why you're a guy's guy. We just love to see that. And I did this for Nate, and I'll do this for you. On Nate's debut, I had a beer for every strikeout he got. I'm willing to do that for you. Every strikeout you get on your debut, I'm going to clip this, and I'm going to put this into the future, into the into the vault. Every strikeout you get in your debut, I will have a beer. Hopefully, I'm just uncomfortably drunk by the end of the night, celebrating Grayson Rodriguez's call up. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm going to give you my word on that. Every strikeout you get, I will have a beer. Hopefully, you kind of keep track of it, and you're in your head. You're like, okay, Johnny's down to like seven beers now. I need three more to get him uncomfortably drunk. So just keep that in the back of your head for me, Grayson. All right? Okay. All righty, I will. I will. <laughs> and where are you right now, man? Are you at the alternate site, or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm at the alternate site here in Bowie, Maryland, uh, which is our uh, AA affiliate, the Bowie Bay Sox. And uh, currently, as you might be able to see, I'm in a hotel room. So, uh, you know, trying to trying to keep ourselves uh, away from the public, you know, uh, as, as COVID free as possible. So. Yeah. What have you been doing? Have you I mean have you been playing COD, PGA Tour, 2K? Like, what have you been up to? Yeah. So uh, I brought my PlayStation and I've been playing uh, that that PGA Tour uh, that just came out and play a little bit of the show and and uh, some Madden. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, doing crossword puzzles. That's something I just picked up. <laughs> uh, you know, I. Was, you know, I kind of one guy in the locker room one day had a crossword puzzle, and we were going back and forth over one thing. And so I said, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna go buy a crossword puzzle." And so I did, and and I've been doing those when I get pretty bored. But uh, yeah, I mean, just trying to keep myself busy. And how hard is that PGA guy? I've been playing it, and I am terrible at it. I don't know what it is. It's harder than actually normal golf. So what 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 are you shooting in that game, man? Because it is insanely hard. Yeah, no, I mean, it depends on what, uh, what difficulty you're playing. You know, obviously I started out easy and every time I, every time I went around or whatever, I try to, I try to go up one level and, uh, right now I'm kind of in the middle, uh, trying to figure it out, but, but putting is definitely probably the hardest part, especially when you don't, uh, you don't get that little, uh, pre-shot yeah. indicator or whatever. It yeah. Is, so what is your actual golf game like in real life? Cause I can see you rocking a golf hat like now, right now, just like me. So we're a bunch of golf guys going at it. Are you a good golfer too? Um, you know, I'm decent. It's it, there's some good and bad days, but uh, you know, usually I'm probably going to shoot mid 80s, mid to high 80s uh, on a, on a good day. So uh, just before I left home, uh, I shot an 82, and uh, that that's the best I've ever done. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a flip of a coin. It's a flip of a coin, and the first hole, it's a first hole really lets me know. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just leaving the game on the high note, right there. That's leaving. That, that's just. I mean, that's electric. You're you're not allowed to golf. I'm assuming at the alternate site, or can you actually go out and golf? Um, you know, I mean, it just really kind of depends on social distancing. You know, uh, we try to stay in the hotel room as much as possible and stuff like that. So. So you're pretty much in a bubble, man. I mean, what have you been like? They they obviously provide food for you guys, but I mean. It just must be terrible just sitting there all day, man, doing nothing, running PGA Tour. And like you said, crossword puzzles. It must it must be pretty tough, right? Yeah, it's all right. Um, you know, going to the field is definitely the best part of the day. Um, you know, I try to stay there as long as possible to stay out of the hotel room. But, uh, I mean, it's not too bad. You know, we're still able to go outside and walk around or, or do whatever. Uh, and we can, you know, we can go get food on our own just as long as we're not eating in anywhere and, you know, getting it to go. So what's the stat line looking for you like at the alternate side? Are you just carving or are you getting hit around a little bit? Um, you know, I've only thrown a couple innings. Um, we're building myself back up right now, but uh, definitely walks are something we need to get down right now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, not, get, not getting hit around uh, at all. So 
Hell yeah, man. I mean, it's a, I don't know how to take it as like a guy that's a fan of the Orioles because if you're getting hit around, it's like, damn, our guys can carve, but our number two prospect's kind of struggling here. Or, damn, our number two prospect carves, but our hitters can't hit. It's a very fishy situation when it's a little inner squad game going on, man. You just hate to see it. So I don't know. I really don't know how to even take it. Who's a couple of guys that are down there that have kind of stood out to you with the Orioles right now on the alternate site? Um, pitching, you know, definitely DL Hall. Um, you know, he was drafted in 2017, the year before me. Uh, you know, he's a flamethrower as well from the left side, and uh, he's pretty nasty. And uh, you know, the hitters, the hitters that we have down here, you know, that they've been absolutely crushing the baseball, and so that's a lot of fun to watch. Not from a pitching standpoint, obviously, but uh, but you know, seeing them play, um, you know, we've actually had a couple guys get called up, like Ryan Mountcastle. Um, you know, I thought that guy would never get out of here, and uh, he was putting. There's a day where he had put six home runs. Well six consecutive days of him hitting a home run in the inner squad game. And, uh, you know, as an Orioles fan, you love to see it, but as a pitcher, you're like, okay, get out of here. Like it's time for you to leave this place, you know, just that way we don't have to, we don't have to face him and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of trash being talked down here and it, it, it's fun. It's definitely a friendly competition. Who's a guy that's kind of the best trash talker right now at the alternate site, a guy that just gets in your kitchen, gets in your grill and you're like, this guy just owns me. I don't know if anybody owns me. I, w- I wouldn't go that far. Um, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to consider myself as the best trash talker, but uh, really, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a few guys uh, that we like to have fun with. that's I mean see that's what I miss most about playing baseball is just like the the trash talking and like just going at it with each other and stuff like that have you given up a bomb though during your appearances or anything like that because that's the greatest flex of all time is just giving up a bomb and then you just have all you can just always chirp the pitcher no no I have not given up a home run home run yet and uh, hopefully I don't so (laughs) and speaking of speaking about home runs though because I always bring this up for the pitchers because, I, like I said, I've been pumping your tires this whole episode. Just kind of – I'm a big Grayson Rodriguez guy, if you couldn't tell. I might have to get a jersey, hang it up on the wall behind me in the podcast room. I'm going to do it. Just stay, stay tuned for that. But what's the biggest nuke you've given up last year? Like a ball where you're like, I need a neck brace after watching this ball get out of the stadium. Um, last year I gave up – I gave up four home runs, three of them. Two of them were cheap. They were wall scrapers, I like yeah. to call them. The third one, you know, it was it was a change up that was kind of left up and the hitter kind of got the head around on it and kind of wrapped it around the foul pole. So it wasn't necessarily a big home run, but but definitely uh, my last start last year, uh, I threw I threw a ninety eight mile an hour heater that track man had had about four or five inches above the zone. And so out of my hand <laughs> out of my hand, I knew it was a ball, right? And uh, you know, I was in my head, you know, I just knew that, that it was a ball, no chance of this guy swinging at it. And he swung and I mean, absolutely hit a laser beam that if I probably would have had an outfield glove, I probably could have caught it over my head. And that ball was just on a straight shot. And I mean, it, it went, it went right over the center field fence, but I mean, it might've been six feet off the ground the entire way. And, uh, you know, so I don't know how far it would have gone, but that ball definitely left in a hurry. So, yeah. I don't know which ones are cooler, man. I mean, the ones that are nukes or just the line drives that get out in half a second. As a pitcher, which one do you, which one would you rather give up? 
the nuke or the line drive? Because obviously you don't want to give up a home run, but which one, in your opinion, is cooler? Well, I would definitely say I would hope to give up more line drive home runs uh, because, you know, usually guys that do that, it might hit the wall, it might not, and usually they don't try to pimp it. So okay. uh, <laughs> so that would probably be one. You know, I mean, it's, it's a slap in the face when a guy pimps a home run. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a part of the game that the game's growing, you know I mean? And that's okay. You know, if, if you beat me, uh, you know, do whatever you want to do, you know, that's my fault. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely say, uh, giving up a line drive home run, definitely easier on the pitcher because he doesn't have to watch that ball for as long and, and, and deal with the hitter. So. And yeah. And you said, I mean, like pimping home runs is fine. And I respect that. I mean, I love guys that pimp home runs because it adds narrative to the game and all that kind of stuff. So are you the kind of guy that shows emotion on the mound? Like when you strike out a guy, like you just say, let's go, or just stare a guy down or stuff like that? No, no, that's not me. Uh, you know, I'm definitely, definitely kind of quiet, you know, in my head I'm freaking out, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, I try to keep it a little bit professional, but uh, definitely in, in a high stake situation or something, I'll, I'll definitely be yelling or something. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where where do you stand with what happened? I believe it was last week with the t- t- Fernando Tatis stuff, where he hit a grand slam and kind of pimped it. Like, where where what's your views on it? Like, are you like swing three zero? Like, don't get th- down three zero. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, in today's game, uh, you know, lots of runs are being scored. You know, I mean, things can change at the drop of a hat, and uh, I think I think any chances that the hitters get to do some damage, they need to because. You know, the, the way I was looking at it was, uh, you know, if I'm a pitcher for the Padres, you know, I, I want him swinging 3-0, hitting the grand slam, because when you go out that next inning, I mean, it, all it's doing is helping you. You know, I mean, it's, it's, giving, you, it's giving you definitely some more insurance runs, and it's, it's, it's making your job easier. You know, obviously yeah. to be on the other team, you know, I mean, that's just part of the game. You know, losing is part of the game. And uh, definitely, you know, I mean, if, if you fall down 3-0, I mean, that, that also it's your fault. You know, I mean, you can't feel sorry for yourself. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, definitely I was, I was looking at it from a, from a Padre standpoint, you know, I mean, if you're one of those pitchers, you want him swinging at, at every three opens from here on out. And how incredible has that guy been, man? I mean, just speaking about other players and stuff, like he's the kind of guy that it's just, I, it's must watch TV, right? And have you, have you, I'm assuming you haven't crossed paths with him yet or anything like that, or even seen him play live. No, no, I've never seen him play live, but, uh, you know, I've seen, definitely seen his highlights and, and watched one game the other day, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's just a, he's just a fun guy to watch. Uh, you know, I mean, it's electric and it, it's definitely a new brand of baseball and, uh, that's, that's the direction that baseball's heading. Who's one pitcher that you can kind of compare yourself to right now in major league baseball? You know, I really don't compare myself to anybody. You know, I kind of, I, is uh is different uh from everybody else i'm trying to create my own brand um but yeah i mean you know really really i, I haven't really thought of who i pitch like or, or anything like that but yeah no like i said that's just the big dog answer like that's the answer the oriole guys want to hear they're just like this guy is a dog on the mound he doesn't compare himself to anyone and i mean it's just electric and where were you when you kind of found out this year there was going to be no minor league season because this was the kind of year you you can kind of make that jump, right? You probably would have been in double A, um, which is the hardest level most say to kind of get out of. So where were you when you when they were like, we're banging the double it, we're banging the minor league season and we're just going to have kind of an alternate site with inner squads. Yeah. So, so we were in Florida and, and we had just left the field and I think it might've been that night actually, but, but yeah, you know, I was with a couple of buddies of mine uh, and, and, you know, we had found out 
honestly, that was the last thing I wanted to do was go home. Uh, you know, I mean, once you go through an off season, you know, you're, you're itching to get out of it. You're itching to get to the season, you know, spring training and, and you're just, you're ready for the season. And, uh, you know, just being sent home, you know, I mean, it was kind of tough, uh, you know, just, you know, not knowing, uh, you know, if you were going to get to play baseball that this year or, you know, whatever. But I have two more things to bring up here, man. I mean, this the 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 second last thing that I want to bring up is kind of just kind of looking on your goals. So, kind because you get an extended off season this year, and next year you're going to be coming in with a long period of rest in between competitive games. What's your kind of goals or just kind of thought process going into this off season this year? Um, you know, just to try to stay as ready as possible. Um, you know, get as get as many reps as I can uh, at the alternate site while I'm here right now. And then just to treat it, you know, is, is another off season, uh, you know, go in, you know, grind it out and get a lot better, you know, get your body in better shape and, and uh, in a mode to handle the season and uh, getting two back-to-back off seasons, you know, really, I think it'll be, it'll definitely be a big, a big booster, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of innings uh, that, have, that have been taken off your arm and, you know, it, it can be a great thing, you know, I mean, it's a lot of innings saved and, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's just from a health standpoint, you know, I mean, it's a good thing. Uh, but but definitely, you know, just to try to get as much work in to get ready for next year. Yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, that's a great answer. I mean, I, you just – what – this guy is just you, – you came in hot with the answers. Like, most of the time, I'm just, like, shell-shocked with how good of an answer you just came out with. But, anyways, this is the last thing I wanted to bring up. I I love asking this because it creates a little sound bite for me. Is it possible – can we say this? This has been one of the most electric baseball podcasts you've ever been on. hundred uh, percent. I would say that. So you're, so what you could say is you're a big officially unofficial guy now. Like you're just, you're a bit, yeah. you're a fan of the, you're a fan of the program. Oh yeah. We love it. I mean, that's what I, I might have to put that on my resume when I'm applying for jobs. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez loves my podcast, plain and simple. But anyways, man, um, it was, like I said, it's been a long journey trying to grind to get Grayson Rodriguez on the podcast we're pretty much slowly becoming a futures game podcast. Humble brag, not a big deal, whatever. Sam Huff, Nate Pearson, Grace Rodriguez, whatever. But anyways, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on this in your busy schedule. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on. And Orioles fans, you guys got a real one to look forward to, and I'm excited for it. I might not even claim to be a Jays fan when you're pitching against the Jays. Not so much of a Grace Rodriguez guy I am, but like I said, man, thank you. thank you for hopping on this, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.